Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hey, babe, how are you? I'm so well. How are you? Good. Oh my gosh, before we get into today's topic, I have to tell you I had a, an AFF this last weekend. I had this is your terminology, alcohol free first. I'm using. I'm oh, quoting you. AFF. I'm quoting you. Yes, you know I love alcohol yeah. free, free first. first. I'm quoting you to you. <laughs> no wonder I don't recognize it. Oh my gosh, I love it. Tell me, tell I me. Went, I went to a wedding, alcohol free, and because like you know, I guess I haven't gone to a wedding in three years, so that was the first yes. one. Oh my gosh, what yeah. did you find to be like the best parts of being free from alcohol at a wedding? Oh my gosh, so many things. First of all, I noticed that there were a lot of people that when the ceremony wrapped were like desperate to like get a drink and like get the like get it the line get for it the bar. Started. The line for the bar. Also, just like the whole thing about being present, it was like different. It was at like this gorgeous restaurant like with really good food in London, so I actually enjoyed the food. I actually enjoyed like the dessert. I actually like listened to every single speech and that was like the so moving to actually like, you know, be listening and engaged as opposed to like being like, where's the bartender? Where's the waitress with the next round? I did dance, which I've done before, which was fun, but my feet hurt. And I noticed that you can, I will have to say like, you can do a little bit less dancing because you don't have like your feet are anesthetized, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I did have to take dancing breaks and I had to sit down because I could actually feel the pain in my feet of wearing massive heels. Or, sister, you could just take yeah. your shoes off and Take dance. your shoes off. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but your but shoes I were guess, really cute and they go with your outfit. But they, they – yeah, they mm-hmm. did. Yeah. They did. I know. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's, that's what I knew. Like I knew that that was the reason because it just kind of brings it all together. But, yeah, interesting. I love that. It was so fun. It was so good. You know, it's like one of those things where I'm sure you've heard this too. When clients have an like incoming wedding or upcoming wedding, it's like always the excuse to like, oh, I can't start or what is this going to be like? And like I, in the scheme of things, I was just thinking, you know, like that was the first time in three years. Like what if I had waited because of something, you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not making any sense, but like, no, I know it's just these, these instances are kind of like few and far between. And there's just so many days, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's so many days that matter before them and after them that like to throw progress away on like one impending event. It's just like bananas. Right. But I mean, I did that. I did it too. Yeah. Well, and I always think about too, and it's, you know, perfect for our combo today. It's like the, I, I, I'm trying to like wreck my brain right now. Have I ever been to a wedding without alcohol? Like for me where I didn't drink? No, because every, I was a drinker. So every experience I have is a wedding without alcohol. So how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to know what, an, what it would be like without alcohol until we actually try it? I mean, that's the same for vacation. What I, I had never experienced a, a vacation without alcohol. And we have in our minds that it's going to be so bad because we just have this idea of what it's been. But until we have that 
other data that maybe gives us, you know, the new experience of it, like how can we really say what it's going to be like? And I think that's such a good way to go into these, these AFFs, these alcohol-free first times <laughs> with that idea of like, okay, I know what this looks like. I know what vacation looks like with alcohol. Well, I'm just going to try it this way without, and just see what the difference is. I can always do my next vacation with alcohol. And then maybe that, or, you know, for the wedding or whatever it is. And then that way we're not so constricted by the, well, but I've got this wedding come up. So I can't start this journey until after that. Yeah, that's so good. That's so true. Well, with that being said, should we just kick it off into like our kind of experiences, recommendations, hot tips on, this was a request, by the way, you guys, from a a listener who wanted us to kind of run through what we had to say about going on vacation, or as they say in the UK over here on holiday, alcohol-free because, is it May? It's May. May and summer kicks off earlier for you than it does for us in the UK. Like my kids don't get out until the second week of July, which means, by the way, I know, which means I'm never home for a fourth of July, which is one of my favorite holidays. I know I can't, but because vacation season is impending, this is a good time to have this conversation. Don't you think Mead? Well, I totally agree as I'm sitting here in my office and realizing that it's like warm and I'm thinking about the warm weather and how that does. We're winding down school here. My kids get out in a couple of weeks and, and then it does start the, you know, if we're going to travel, it's going to be when the kids are out of school. And so what, what does travel look like when you're doing it from a place of whether you're trying Maybe you're experimenting with being alcohol-free and you don't feel totally free from alcohol yet so that you want to continue gaining that experiential knowledge and doing it alcohol-free or whether you're free from alcohol and you're going into it for the first time as just like, this is going to be different and I don't know what it's going to be like. Maybe some things are coming up as far as, you know, like, like what do I, what do I do to continue living into that vacation the way I want to, the way I want to be for that vacation? Yeah, that's so good. So I think let's just go on a little journey here. I think we should go on a journey through kind of like some of the steps of going on vacation because I I remember I was coaching a client and she was going to Ireland. She lives in the States and she was going to Ireland and she was like, there's absolutely no way I can go to Ireland and not drink Guinness. We discovered that there was 0% alcohol-free Guinness. And so that was good. We figured that out. We went through all these things, found all these activities she could do in Ireland. And she texted me from the airport and she said, Christy, we forgot about the airport bar. Mm. And we laughed. And like, she, you know, she wasn't going to have a drink, but she was like, yeah, I remember when this was like step number one, right, of going on vacation. And so let's talk about the airport bars. Let's talk about the lounges. Let's talk about... All of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I yeah. mean, you've been in, I know you, you've been in, you've been, you've traveled, right? You haven't been to a wedding, but you've traveled a ton since the, in the last, yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what, what do you do? And like, do you remember the first kind of like instances where they like, did they feel weird? It, it did feel weird. Not, not thinking ahead of time about which terminal I was leaving from to know which place I'd be able to get the, like who would have the better wine. Like that was always my thing is like knowing where I was leaving from and who would have the better wine so that, and that I built in enough time so that I could get there and not have to slug it back too. It's like not getting there too early, but then also having enough time to have a full glass of wine versus just showing up at the gate. So that was some of the, like the mental chatter that was happening 
you know, burning energy on that, that front end when I was not free from alcohol, it was, and it was, you know, subtle. It's not like it was front and center, but it also was enough that it was there that I was thinking about that. So it's, it's for sure different now where it's like, okay, like I can get there and I I get my snack and I get my water, something I never would have done before because I would have been, let's like figure out who has the Sonoma Couture. Like, where am I going to get that? is now it's going and getting either trail mix, like to have on the plane, something to snack on on the plane, something with protein, something with a little dried fruit, a little sugar, the good fat. Like I feel like that is something that I look forward to now. And peanut M&Ms and or peanut oh, M&Ms. Oh, me too. You like, the, you like the peanut ones? Yes. Oh my gosh. Everybody makes fun of me. They're like, that's such the random one. Like either, you know, like no, who likes peanut so- M&Ms? They're my fave. Oh my gosh, they're the best. They're yeah. the best. Yeah. So like being able, so I would never, so I might've grabbed the trail mix, but in my mind, there would have been mental real estate on the fact that like, maybe I want to take some candy from, I'm going to get my magazine, I'm going to get my water and take some candy. No, like I'm going to be using my calories on the wine that I'm going to have. So I'm going to skip that and not. So now like that feels kind of, you know, fun as as part of showing up and not having to worry about where I'm going to where I'm going to find that glass of wine before the flight just taking that off the table altogether is is freeing. What about you? Yeah, I realize so as you know, maybe listeners don't know, I live in London. I grew up in LA. So I I would do the trip from London to LA when the kids were little like a lot, a lot because they would have they wouldn't have school, they wouldn't be on a school schedule and then they when we, they are on a school schedule, they have bananas amounts of holidays and breaks. So I've done that flight a lot and I just I real like I used the kind of like the lounge airport experience to to drink to de-stress from the whole situation of traveling internationally with children and I thought that that was like going to take the edge off. And I just like realized like when I stopped, like how much I was shooting myself in the foot, yeah. how much, I mean, it was just like, it's, I mean, it it's, was actually ridiculous, both like long haul and short haul, like short haul. It's like you show up. I remember we went to, we were taking, we were surprising the kids at the Disney cruise and it was sailing out of Copenhagen. Have I told this story? I can't remember. I, no. I don't think so. Uh-uh. So it was sailing out of Copenhagen. And so we were just going to like, fly to Copenhagen we were we told the kids we were just like going to Copenhagen and we were gonna like stumble across like the Disney boat in the harbor and be like oh my gosh but I had drank wine while packing stressed out the night before and then of course in the lounge and so by the time we got to Copenhagen like I was exhausted and we really only had one night there and I was so tired babe and exhausted and like probably hungover that I was like, Chris, you take the kids to dinner and like, I'm just going to go to sleep. And so the next morning, like we set sail and it was very exciting for the kids and it was awesome. But there is one photo of Ella and Carter. They're like twirling, like playing in a garden in Copenhagen and the light is shining just perfectly. And it was the one night that we were going to be there. And not only did I like not see even one iota of Copenhagen, but there's this beautiful picture of my kids in a country that I basically never saw. All because, like, I was de-stressing from traveling <laughs> by pre by pre drinking, pre gaming, yeah, pre gaming the vacation. So yeah, it's just like I realized how much those early, like you know those pre pre drinks they just totally put you on the back back foot for for arriving wherever you're going. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think about too, just from travel and dehydration that comes from travel and how, like I can see now how silly it was for me to have that glass of wine at the airport and then order one on the flight and then wonder like, why do I feel dehydrated and more tired? And also I had to use the bathroom multiple times on the plane, which that's never fun. Right. And I, and it, and it's easy to see, I mean, it's easy to see how we get into those like traps with alcohol, but it's also wow, I'm so glad that I don't have to do that again and and miss those opportunities. It's like, it's not just the actual time that we're drinking. It's the stuff before it, it's the stuff after it and what we what we miss as a result. Like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was definitely the the, the signal to like start the vacation. Yeah. You know, yes. what, is that is that is that pre-drink in the airport, right? Or to, I mean, I also have a client who travels all the time for work and she was like, that was my kind of time. Was yeah. Like the lounge was that my time to look forward to. And it was like that, you know, dissecting kind of what you just said about, well, if this is something that you're looking to as a reward, like how is that rewarding you if it's making you feel dehydrated, exhausted, fatigued, like you, you have to go to the bathroom every five seconds, like you show up in your destination totally zonked, like how is that rewarding you, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And then also I think that it's like for me, it was one of those that it was just an automatic coupling, like, tra- you know, like one of the stories that kept me stuck was that, I mean, it's okay to drink the wine. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. So I had, you know, like part of my story is like, I had all these rules about like when I could or couldn't, when I was trying to, you know, keep it in, keep it in a certain way and try and prove to myself that I didn't, you know, have a problem. Part of that was like, okay, well, I can drink it. It doesn't matter what time of day is it is because I'm at the airport and I'm trying. Yeah. Yep. I'm traveling. So it's totally okay to to day drink as long as you're at the airport. I mean, I had all the stories like it's day drinking is okay. Fill in like all these different times that, and that was something that would have kept me stuck. So I I didn't even realize that that was just like an automatic coupling to that experience. And I also can think about how, if I'm being really honest, I can think about like when I was traveling for work and how I felt like, I don't know, like this like grown up professional person, like sitting in the, you know, the airport bar or lounge with my laptop and my professional and like having a glass of wine. There was some kind of like glamorous element to that too, if I'm being completely yeah. honest. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I didn't realize how something as little as that could be something that contributes to the whole thing. Yeah, that's so true. That is. So, so true. I totally get that. It's just a feeling of like being, yeah, a grown up and sophisticated and everything you just said, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that comes from, you know, comes to us from all the things that we see. And, and it's also like, yeah, when you, when you're in your like clear head about it in this way, you can see how, no, like that's not true at all. But when we're in that cycle, it's really hard to see what's all involved in that kind of coupling of, travel and wine. And and, and then I, yeah, I think about how many vacations I went on that, I mean, I never came home rested from vacation. I always came home more tired. So then I think about like, well, what contributed to that? 
well, everything, the the pre-gaming before traveling, you know, while you're packing and getting ready, like already we're setting ourselves up to be like, as we would say, like in coaching, like below that 50% line to where we have that foundational, just like our physical needs are met, rested and, you know, nutrition and all of those things. So it's, it's interesting to, yeah, think about all, all that goes into that. Yeah. Now that we've conquered the airport and the airport bars, let's talk about the airplane. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I think now I've, I've since gone back and like read a lot about this stuff because I, yeah, just, I, I re- re- write about it in the book and just like the, I think, okay. I, okay. So I, I remember this, the, like one of the first times, actually it was the first time that I took Ellen Carter, it was just the three of us. We flew to LA and I was standing like at baggage claim and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like I want to die. You know what I mean? Because I hadn't been drinking for like 15 hours straight. And so then I went down the rabbit hole of like all the ways that out, like drinking on an airplane is just so bad for you, right? Because the way that they pressurize the cabin is already dehydrating you. So alcohol is then further dehydrating you. So you're just so dehydrated. Then you have like, I don't know if you're a nervous flyer. Like I tend to like kind of get nervous sometimes. Adrenaline and cortisol, as we know, it makes you even more like anxious. And then fatigue, right? So like throw eight hours of a time difference I mean, no wonder, like, I had to, like, basically not be able to see anybody for the first, like, three days of my L.A. trip because I was totally zonked. And so just, like, drinking on airplanes, especially if it's, like, a long way, just you're setting yourself up for disaster (laughs) upon arrival. And actually, like, from my own personal experience, if you do that flight drinking water, you just feel (laughs) so much better so much better fire have I ever told the story of going on my honeymoon and no okay I want to hear it okay (laughs) (laughs) this is so funny so we had you know we had our wedding and we were leaving the next day flying out we were going to Tahiti for our honeymoon so we oh my gosh wait I forgot we both went to we both went to Bora Bora right we yeah well Maria but yeah same idea right there and the bed bugs. Yeah, yes, yeah, we had bed bugs while you were there. Yeah, so oh my amazing. Gosh. Okay, I know. Okay, oh, another sorry. story for another I'm day. All of it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but because we, you know, had our wedding weekend, and not that I mean, I didn't overdo it on my wedding weekend. I, I that was a time that I was trying to be like super, you know, conscious of that because I didn't want to miss anything. But there certainly was, you know, the, the parties leading up to it, and then the wedding, and then you know, the food is a little saltier than you know, all the, all the things. And then, so we, we get on the plane, we fly from Atlanta to LA and then we have that, you know, whatever hour flight from there by the time. And we, we, I mean, we were drinking not heavily, but we were drinking enough. And by the time we got there, my, my ankles (laughs) were so like, I'm, you know, a newlywed with my new husband and my ankles were the size of speaking of like dehydration, like they, my ankles were massive retaining. Oh my retaining. gosh. It was just sexy. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was really attractive, but I'm, I'm thinking about all of those. And I really thought maybe something was wrong. Like I didn't realize then, you know, that it was the combination of, of the things that I was, I was dehydrated and retaining fluid to try and, you know, combat that. And, and I didn't, you know, get up and walk around and all those things that you would do on a long flight when you're an old lady, like, like I am now, but <laughs> 
But you think about like, you're just like throwing gasoline on the fire in that way, making it doubly hard when you get to your destination that you are going to be, you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel great already from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You told an embarrassing airplane story. So now I'm going to tell an embarrassing airplane story. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know how old Ella was. Maybe she was like, I don't know, five or six. Maybe. I don't know. We were flying to LA from London and they came around and they have like the, you know, the mini airplane bottles of wine. And (laughs) the stewardess had my number because she gave me two. And Ella decided to announce to the entire cabin. She said, mommy, your wine is so small here on the plane, but at home it's so big. Just like, oh my gosh, I literally stink. And of course, I got like looks and like Snickers and like, haha, like you're traveling with kids. That's so funny. But like, you know, not, not, not again, not great messaging for the five year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Kids say the darndest things, don't they? They too. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thanks. Thanks for uh, meeting me and my embarrassing storytelling. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. That's what we do for each other. So now what? So let's talk about we've got we've got through the bars, we've got through the airplane. Now we've arrived at our sunny vacation destination. Oh, we're, wait, what? I was gonna say this is one that I hear. This is yep. This is what I hear a lot too. But like you know, and if you're flying internationally, like you get free drinks on the flight. So like, how do I not? And this goes. I think this goes together with like the all inclusive vacations that you know people worry about taking. So like maybe hitting on that point too, where it's like, well, it's their free drinks. How could I not take advantage of that? Which was, they're going to make you feel like poop. Yeah. And also if they're free, they're horrible quality anyway. So they're going to make you feel doubly poop. Yeah. Which <laughs> is definitely as, you know, being in my early twenties on my, going on my honeymoon, for sure. That was appealing. Like the free, you know, free drinks. Heck yeah. I'm going to take advantage of that. But I guess this is like the the big disclaimer. Like, if you're willing to end up with like elephant size, like I, it <laughs> hurt to, yeah, cankle. It hurt to walk, y'all. But yeah, like once you get there, then what? What do you do? Once you get there, well, I mean, I guess like backing up to. I know we wanted to talk about like expectations, right? Like I like which is so so important. And this is like what I start. I think I start with with clients, right? Is like if you go into this situation, your first alcohol free vacation, with the expectation that it's going to be so hard and so awful, then it will be hard and awful. However, if you can just get curious and try on for size, that potentially it just might be, just maybe, just maybe, like one of the best vacations ever because you're going to be rested and fully present and get to like actually do all the activities that you sign up for and not sleep through them and maybe, you know, make it past lunchtime. <laughs> like that sort of thing. I remember we we went to Greece. We were going with two other families the August of lockdown. So I was only like five, six months in at the time. And I just remember like listening to that, somebody say it, just like have the expectation of this could be the best one yet because you've never done it this way before. And so I literally did. That's how I really thought. I was like, this could be the best vacation I ever have with my husband and kids ever because I've never done it this way. And babe, it was literally like I was on acid. (laughs) I'm not joking because it was a combination of being alcohol free and also coming out of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And like side Fair. note, we got super lucky. We got like the two weeks before everyone freaked out and shut down again. So it like felt like triple gajillion blessings, like just like that we were able to take this trip. 
But I remember sitting on my lounger and watching the kids like jump in the sea and just like being like crying and being like, the water is so blue (laughs) and the sun feels so good. (laughs) I literally felt like it was just like the best feeling to feel it, you know? And that's such, I mean, that's the, that's the work that we always kind of talk about, like in our coaching, it's, I mean, you know, there are things in our in environment, our circumstances that like we don't have control over, but our thinking is really going to either take something that's maybe just bent towards being stressful, like international travel with children. Like I still think about like you doing all of those flights with your young children or, you know, and it has, it has that opportunity to create an experience that's either better than we expect, or, you know, it it has that opportunity based on what we're thinking about it. So yeah. So if it's like, or this could be the best vacation ever. And if that even feels like a stretch, like just saying like, I'm open to seeing if this is potentially better. I think we, we get so locked into like that one way thinking, like this is how we do. It's just opening to that possibility that it could be different and better. And then, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite things too, about being free from alcohol on vacation or just in life is being able to appreciate like just my natural surroundings that I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to when, when I was in the drinking cycle, like I, the blue water, I mean, I would have, yeah, there's blue water and it's pretty, but I wouldn't have had that like deep gratitude for being able to be there in that moment and, and feeling the sun and like all my senses have been, that's one of the greatest gifts of being free from alcohol is like my senses have come to life in a way that weren't before. And I think it's, you know, you were experiencing all of that in one and then how great for reinforcing those new neural pathways that now say that like vacation is better without alcohol because of those things. So yeah, mindset is everything. Expectation is everything. I like to, I like to tell clients like take it as like a you know, a scavenger hunt. I think I shared this maybe on another episode, but from that mindset of like going into it, going, I'm like, what are three things that I get to experience as a result of being free from alcohol, alcohol free on this vacation that otherwise I wouldn't have experienced. And I I think that, that, you know, that really helps train the mind towards like, this is where we're experiencing the beauty of just our natural surroundings of where we are. And, and my kids, like the laughter and, and that's that's where we can make those shifts to seeing it differently so that we have a different experience with it as well. Yeah, I love that so much. Another question that I love to ask clients too, and this is like, because how many times have you come home from vacation and said, I need another vacation for oh, my vacation? Like, yes. I mean, yeah. So I always ask clients like, okay, well, how, like, like, let's fast forward two weeks, you're home from the Bahamas or wherever it is. Like, how do you want to feel? And it's usually rested. And it's usually like I had a break, you know, and I got to like spend actual quality time with my family members or my kids or whatever. And it's just like, I'm like, okay, well, does alcohol help with any of those things? And it's like, no, it doesn't. Actually, like takes away from all of it. I think about how much money I wasted on vacations. Oh, don't. Yeah, right? depress us. <laughs> yeah. But like, like I, we spent that on those vacations to come home more tired. To come home more tired. To come home more tired. Or that time, you know, when we get away from the kids and have time, just the two of us, 
like we didn't take advantage of that opportunity. We, you know, we had, a, we met a bunch of people and partied with them in the, you know, whatever, but like, and that was fun ish until it wasn't because of all the cost, the cost, not just in financial, but like, you know, all the other things, which also makes me think about too, if, I mean, it's drinks on vacation are so expensive. And so, you know, going with that kind of like scavenger hunt, cheesy scavenger hunt kind of mindset too, like take the money that you would spend. So if like you're, you know, you're going up to the bar to get an alcohol-free beverage, take the money that you would have, you know, the difference and what you would have spent on the alcohol, take that money, put it aside, start collecting it over your vacation. And then at the end, whatever that money is, because I guarantee you, if you're not buying alcohol, you are saving a ton of money and then use that, see it, appreciate it. And then, you know, spend it on something that you wouldn't normally maybe buy for yourself on the vacation, some neat, whatever, or something when you get back or whatever, but having, seeing that cost difference too, gosh, I, that's, that's one of my favorite games still to play to this day is seeing how much money we save without alcohol. Yeah. One of the things I also feel like is so helpful to talk about too is like, and I know we talk about it a lot, but just like boundaries within vacations, right? Like within within holidays, like I'll never forget one of my clients sent me up, she was going, I think it was to Mexico and sent me a photo of like a bunch of, it was spring break, a bunch of like people partying in the pool and she was like, I've got to relocate. And then like an hour later, she sent me a picture of her lounge chair in a different location and a quiet or whatever. She's like, I just had to move my lounge chair. And I was like, well, first of all, this quiet pool looks much nicer (laughs) and it looks a lot more peaceful, but sometimes you do, right? Like you just have to move your lounger. You just have to like, you've got to do what's best for you. If you're in situations that like don't feel good because you're in a place where everyone's just like partying like monsters, then then you get you get to move locations, you get to move your lounge chair, you get to move restaurants, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and not, and this is where I would clarify too, like not because we're afraid to be in those environments where no, people are partying. It's not fun. But because it's not <laughs> relaxing or fun. It's not relaxing or fun. And that's where you why you went on vacation in the first place. Which, by the way, like I noticed somewhere we went last summer, um, they had the adult pool and then they had the kids' pool. And I was more inclined to go to the kids pool to go to the kids pool yeah I knew you were gonna say that yeah except for so naturally at this place where we go like I would be more inclined to go to the kids pool except for this time I noticed a heavy amount of partying in the kids pool like it was almost identical to the adult pool and I'm like oh no I'm like oh oh, forget it like (laughs) yeah and that's and that's where it's like yeah well I'm I'm going to the beach anyway fine like I I don't want to be at the pool anyway But it's not because we can't be around it. It's because that's not relaxing. And it's not a, it's not a, we've talked a lot about it not being a judgmental thing too. It's not like you do you in all of those situations. 100%. I I literally find myself saying over and over again, I am so glad I don't have to do that anymore. I'm so glad I don't have to participate in that anymore. I'm so glad because for a while I never even was questioning it. That's just what we did. Yeah. We just actually went to Ireland for Chris's 40th and I surprised him with a golf trip and 
It was the best trip because the couple that we went with are non-drinkers and like Chris didn't drink. I obviously didn't drink. And it was just like, we went to like an amazing Michelin starred restaurant. Like I, we enjoyed the food. We woke up every day feeling great. Like again, just we had great weather and I had been to this, like to this specific place too, like being a very heavy drinker. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's so different. It's so nice to wake up here and actually get to go on a walk in Ireland and appreciate the greenery and all that it has to offer without just wanting to throw up. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I appreciate that so much too, from the standpoint of like, that's one of the things that is available to me now as a result of finding freedom from alcohol is my ability to to say what I need or want in those situations, whether it's move my lounge chair. Are we going to talk about the pillows? (laughs) (laughs) It was one pillow, two blankets, Christy. Okay. It wasn't three pillows the first time. Babe, I saw that bell cart. Bell cart? (laughs) What are those things called? What are they called? I saw it. Yeah. I saw it with my eyeballs. There was multiple duvets, pillows, teapots. (laughs) Okay. Now we have to tell the story. (laughs) So you tell it from your perspective because I find it hilarious because it's so true. So true. So So the first time that me and I met in the flesh in real life, I was down in Charleston for a conference thing. And so she flew down from Atlanta (laughs) and it was so fun and we had the best time, but we went to go. She drove me to the airport and she, she brought out all of her items from her hotel room. And you guys, she was there for, was it one night? No. It was two nights. Okay. It was multiple. It was two (laughs) nights. (laughs) It was two nights. And there was like Mm -hmm. a dehumidifier, a teapot. Six pillows, 14 duvets, lots and lots of snacks. I don't know why she didn't share the peanut M&Ms with me, but apparently those must have been there too. Oh, and different types of tea, tea cups, travel (laughs) tea cups. It might be a little exaggerated in that story. Eye masks. Well, that's something for sure. Like I now travel with all my things, all the things that- All of her things. All my things. Well- I will say I was not flying. I did drive. So I, and by myself, I had the luxury of being able to fill that car with whatever I needed. Now, when I travel with the family, I have to be a little bit more, you know, or like, yeah, in what I bring, but, but yeah, you know, those are things that I, yeah, my tea is just, it's become like such a, it's like a, you know, a comfortable, lovely thing for me in the smell, the taste. Is it a problem? Do we need? I don't. Do we need to talk through it? I don't think so. But (laughs) anybody that went with me to Israel knows how I how my church group now knows that Mead needs her hot water at a certain time of day because I've got my tea with me. But but my essential oils, I'll bring that too. Oh my lord! (laughs) I know. But those are the I know seriously, and my. satin pillowcase I mean in my work okay I do I I do I do travel with a suitcase I mean if Chris was here he'd be literally like just ripping me a new one because I fly with an entire suitcase of pillows yeah so I do I fly Uh with like a satin covered pillow and then a pillow that goes in between my legs and then sometimes I I put in a back stretcher like do you have a back stretcher I showed you the back stretcher didn't I when we were in Charleston it's like this plastic thing and you lay on it and it like 
cranks the grocery. Oh my god, we are so old. I love. Oh, I need to. How did we get here? Oh, and earplugs. Having your ear oh, ears, earplugs, silicone, yeah. silicone yeah. earplugs. But those are the having the snacks, having those things that if I can try and my blankets that I that I love. If I'm driving and I, those are things that help support me foundationally and just create like keeping me above that 50% line to where I feel nourished and calm and more with more agency, more consciously choosing things. Like that's something that I never gave any attention to when I was in the drinking cycle. And, and it's not like also to be clear, like I don't do those things. So I'm, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm worried about drinking. And so I have to have all these things. It's literally just like, these are the things that really feel good to me and they don't, they're, they're good things. So why, why not? Now, if I'm flying, then, you know, or traveling with the family, then I don't have the luxury of maybe traveling with everything I want. And that's okay too, because my ability, this is another, put this on the freedom from alcohol gift list that was unexpected. My ability to be flexible and adaptable oh, yeah. is yes. greatly, greatly, greatly enhanced yeah. being free from alcohol. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, so like if I can't bring those things or I don't have access to those things, yeah. I'm not, I'm not stressed about it, you know? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I totally agree with you and I totally noticed that. And I was thinking that it also had to do with the fact that I did this during COVID because like you would get really excited about potentially being able to go on a trip or have a 40th birthday party for someone and then it would get canceled. And then you would get really excited about maybe the kids will go back to school and then that would get canceled and then you'd get really excited, whatever. And like, I, I just learned to hold everything super loosely. And I just remember like, like saying to the kids, like, if we get to do it, we get to do it. And that's amazing. And if we don't, we don't. But like, why do you think it's re- – I know it is. But I yeah. want to know, why is it – why do you think that alcohol also helped us be able to just be more relaxed about and flexible? Without alcohol? Yeah. Well, be- yeah. Yeah. Because the – I mean, well, the adrenaline and the cortisol, right, that is part of well, – so when you're going into a situation where there are a lot of unknowns and you're not in your normal environment – there's the unknown element that is part of it. And then you're, of course, increasing your adrenaline and cortisol. So you're putting yourself in that more stressed, you know, hyper aroused state that means that if things aren't going according to plan, we're more likely, we're, gonna, we're, we're less tolerant of that because we're already in that heightened kind of state. I, I mean, from my very like basic knowledge of how that all works, but also because that internal, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how I didn't even realize how much in, because I had so much internal noise that I wasn't even totally aware of. I just knew that it was like all of that internal stuff. When you don't have inner peace, you are going to be more, you know, thrown off when things don't go according to plan. Your fuse is going to be shorter because, you need things to go a certain way to have a certain experience and you're living in that place of distraction and autopilot, you know, all of that. And so I think part of it comes for me from, I had so much internal peace, inner peace that the flexibility and the adaptability and the ability to ground in the present moment, you know, like the fear and the anxiety, that's stuff that lives, that's kind of future-based, but the ability to like ground in the present moment and shut off the internal chatter 
by getting into my body and getting, you know, connecting to my breath and my senses through my essentials and teas and blankets and all the things like that is something that, that grounds me that I didn't even realize was a thing that we could do back before, you know, it wasn't something I was paying attention to or I had awareness for. Yeah. And I also think too, like it has so much to do with like the fact that we have choice, right? So I feel like, I feel like, you know, something happens, it doesn't go your way and you're stuck in a situation. It used to be that the default was just drink through it and make it okay. You know, if plans change and you have to like, you like have to do something like, well, do you have to, right? Like, it's just like, you know, I think drinking took so much of our power away. And so that has, you know, you, you can be adaptable. Like it made it, you know, drinking made us dumber. So I think we're, you know, using all of our brains now to be able to like make decisions. Also, it's just, you have just so much more space, I think, to like get creative, be adaptable, like choose different things. So if it's not even like, you know, if if you're forced between a decision between A or B, like, I don't know. Are you even, are you ever even that restricted? You know, it just, I, I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. I know what you're, girl, I got you. I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, because, and it ta- it kind of goes, it circles back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's that narrow thinking of like, this is how we do things and this is how they, how they go. And when we're putting ourselves, I mean, the, the fact that it takes like seven to seven to 10 days or some say 10 to 14 days for alcohol to be like completely out of your system. You know, even if you're the occasional drink rate drinking here and there, you have enough of that chemical in your body that is, you know, reducing your ability to sense when you're uncomfortable with something. So your ability even to even tune into, I mean, for so long, I mean, I wasn't thinking about, am I, am I hungry? I was just like eating, you know, on a, like, it's time to eat now. Like it wasn't, so it wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to like, am I, am I tired and do I need rest? No, it was just like, this is, Go, this is go, the schedule. Go. This is what yeah. you do. Like, yeah, go until you fall, right? Like till you fall out and you can't go any further. But um, I, I, I do think there is something to that 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 opens on the other side. It's like the possibilities. It's like, well, and it's all, by the way, directed by our thinking. And when our minds are in control, like our thoughts and our feelings of our mind, and it's running the show for us. I mean, we're just at the whim of whatever our, our mind is used to doing. Whereas when we have this ability to get into our bodies and separate from the busy mind and quiet that and, and man, like manage our thinking to align with like, okay, this could be the best vacation ever, or here are my two options. It's not just like we have to go dinner, eat dinner at this time. It's well, we could go at this time or this time. And either way, you know what? Like I could see advantages to both, but like y'all choose whatever you want. We're normally, I would have been the one that's like, this is what we have to do. And this is when we have to do it. Yeah. So good. I feel like, did we land the plane? Cause it's tiny <laughs> Tina time. <laughs> did we, are we, are we recording a podcast here? Cause I feel like we're just like, yeah, <laughs> can we direct this up? <laughs> we're just hanging out. It's just a Tuesday morning day in the life. Yeah. So what do you think tiny Tina? What's the invitation today? I mean, I think, I just, I really do love that question of like, how do you want to feel when you get home? You know, because I think if anything, I think the thing that I've heard the most often, I know I already said this, but from clients is, 
I just need another vacation from my vacation. Mm-hmm. And yep. so if, if you don't want to feel like that, how do you want to feel when you get home, you know? And, and if it is rested and if it is connected, like get curious about whether or not alcohol has a place in that, you know, like alcohol is always going to be there. Like, unfortunately it's, it's all, you can always go on, you can always take an all-inclusive vacation to Cancun and drink tequila till you barf, you know, like we did in college. But if you've been doing it that way for decades, like maybe just try it differently. Like maybe just try it, you know, it's just, there's so many things that you get to do, like that we get to do on vacation when we're not drinking. Like, I mean, it used to not matter what country I was at or where I was yeah. as long as there was a beach and a bar, you yes. know, now it's like, what can I see? Yes. What can I explore? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not like a big like hiker or scuba diver or anything like that. But I like, I do love a vacation activity now. You know, I will get like, I will do the things with the kids. I will play the the sport or get in the water with them. Shocker of all shockers. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can we put that on the list of freedom from alcohol? Like the one yeah. of the surprise gifts is like getting in the water with the kids and Getting your hair wet, going underwater. Like. Getting your hair wet. You know why? Because it doesn't matter if your hair is perfectly blown out for dinner that night, right? No. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if you have <laughs> reservations? Like you'll find something. I love eat. a good blowout. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, guys. Don't not, get me wrong. We're not saying do away with the blowout, but we're just we're saying not. that along the lines of just that space, that expansion, the possibilities, what's available to us, our flexibility, our adaptability, that falls into that category. And so I love thinking about how, how do you want to feel? And like we do when we're coaching, you know, coaching, starting the journey with somebody and throughout connecting to your why, like, why, why am I exploring this? Why am I wanting to do this vacation free from alcohol? It's not something you have to do. You don't have to do it. Why are you choosing it? And then So it's because I want to feel rested when I get back. It's because I want to be present with the kids. Whatever your why is, like maybe even putting that, like how do you want to feel that connects you to your why? Put that on your your lock screen on your phone and connect to that in those moments of when things maybe aren't going the way as planned. And and that can be really helpful too because, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, or yeah, the excursions, the sunrises, planning like a sunrise type situation on vacation, never would have signed up for something like that Yeah, when I was stuck yeah. in the drinking cycle. And seeing the sunrise from different places over the all over the world, oh my gosh, incredible. There's nothing like it. Oh, I love that. Love that. So what good. A, what a good chat, babe. Yes. What a good chat. This was so fun. So fun. Happy happy travels to everybody. Happy travels to everybody. And if you want to connect with us, there's a few links in the show notes. We'd always love to hear from you. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com. And make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. 
This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.